This week's Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Audible. And Talking Simpsons listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free audiobook and a free month of Audible. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, ahoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, where whiskey counts as beer. Uh, this is the <laughs> this is the uh, Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. I am your host, Bob Brain Dead Slob Mackie. Who else is here with me today? I've sold monorails to Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook. Is there a chance the trap could bend? I call the big one fighting. I think I played that at the wrong point in time. There but this are several is, uh, heads floating around me right now, wasting time. Recently outed Chris Antista. Whoa. <laughs> and, Congratulations, and, very brave. And uh, I'm Henry Gilbert, and I come from someplace far away. <laughs> and today's oh. episode is Oof. The Immortal Marge Oof. vs. The Monorail, which aired on January 13th, 1993, the first 93 episode of The Simpsons. And Chris mm. will help tell us what happened on this mythical day in <gasps> history. Damn it, Bobby, your mind's going to get blown because Disneyland opens Toontown, USA, based on ah. the image of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> in this announcer's opinion, the greatest movie of all time. Uh, to date this even further, CBS announces David Letterman will go up against NBC's Jay Leno in his wow. Tonight Show. Wow. And uh, yes, to date this even further, further, Fern Gully re- <laughs> comes out on VHS, but it can't top Aladdin at the U.S. box Thank office. God. Oh my God, my name is Betty. <laughs> we didn't know how good we had it when Rob Williams was playing every wacky character for like 20 years. We didn't know we'd lose yeah. that. And Betty, also, Betty. They're both off TV now, Leno and Letterman, but we've reached the end of the late shift film which is really i love the, that hbo i've watched really good. it a million times like on david michael Central. higgins the guy's in the mascots movie yes. with harry shearer <laughs> uh he's playing playing a uh, letterman but that's i want to emphasize when nerds talk about this is not the glory years and like the glory years have had glory years mm. to become glory years mm-hmm. <laughs> because david letterman is like the longest serving t- talk show host after johnny carson yeah in this period, he, he's introduced in the middle of the Simpsons run and retires in the middle of the Simpsons run. Mm. That's how long the Simpsons have been on the air. Yeah. You're right. His CBS show. Man, that's incredible. Just trying Came to emphasize that. Well, in, so, in 30 short years. <laughs> and that so many Simpsons writers have went, went through the David Letterman. And who replaced thing. Letterman? Uh, oh, Colbert's. No. No, right. sorry. Oh, Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. That's right. And this episode is immortal and beloved, but I do believe it is the Simpsons setting foot in Wacky Town with Captain Wacky later renamed Homer. And uh, <laughs> and I feel like this is them uh, just fully embracing the Wacky. And they were afraid that uh, Jim Brooks would hate the show because they they completely. Is he on the commentary? Rules. He's on the commentary, right? He is not, not on Brooks. this commentary, okay. but I feel like um for 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 better and for worse, this is the Simpsons embracing what it would eventually become, mm-hmm. like this off kill anything can happen show and where they watch tv all the time yes and tv has all the answers yes all the answers and but this is the second conan o'brien written show mm-hmm. we've we've done commentary right. for right and i think he, he pitched this one though it's he, his idea as he talks about it on the commentary he pitched three that day lisa's rival which would be a season six episode that oh. long after he left the show it's a great episode i love that one uh, marge gets a job he pitches those two sells them and he's like, you know what? I'm going to try for a third that Al Jean and Mike Reese told him was too crazy and James mm-hmm. L. Brooks will never get it. And then he pitches this episode and he sells it. And they're like, wow, this guy's unstoppable. <laughs> I, I love that and, story of like Conan like having worked at uh, Saturday Night Live during a, 
let's be honest, a, a crazy glory period. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and a, a really good period in SNL. And, like, I just need to go somewhere else and do something else. Mm. And he moves out to L.A. Up until, feels like recently, but it's not. This is the only time Conan was in L.A. In his, in his like, professional life. Yeah, yeah. Um, to that point, yeah. And then he's in L.A. He moved to L.A. for The Tonight Show and mm-hmm. stayed there. Mm-hmm. But this was a big step for him. He wanted to shake up his life. He had been friends with... Gina Reese, mm-hmm. and they, they'd known him since he was 19. Harvard Lampoon. <laughs> All those fucking Harvard mm-hmm. guys watching out for each other. But Collusion? Mm-hmm. Uh, Coney. Coney. Friendship. Yeah. Friendship works a lot like collusion. Same thing. <laughs> I mean, the commentary is them just like, again, they love Conan O'Brien yeah. so much. All they do on it is talk about how much they love him. Did you him, see him, him, not to bring up the election, but it will. It, the election did color my perception of this episode this one time. It's, mm. It stood up for 20 years is great. This one time it colored it, but Conan stood up and said, and in, 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 he stood up and said, like, we've had many elections. Many people don't know this. I'm a history buff. And he rattled off upsets in history because you forget that, ho- like, Conan O'Brien is, is sort of like the basis of most of the things Mr. Burns says in this, this season. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he loves history so much. He's a very smart guy. And he, he said, go to Harvard he said, just for the jokes. He said, I, I love his quote, that if he could do anything all day, it's lie in a field and come up with things with Mr. Burns to say. Because Conan likes stupid old things that old people, only old people remember that much. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I really remember all of the old-timey sketches he would have in, yes, his early, in yes, the early years of his yes. shows. Like, I, I can, I I'll butter his bread. I didn't realize <laughs> how essentially it was at The Simpsons when I was watching those, but thinking back, I really do now. And he he thinks back on his Simpsons legacy quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a clip here where he talks about what monorail specifically means to him, where this was him at uh, their Hollywood Bowl show of the Simpsons, and he oh, wow. performs the monorail song really? live. But first he talks about what the monorail song means to, or what the monorail episode means to him and his legacy. Simpsons fans don't care. No matter what I do, they come out of a crowd when they see me, they come up. And they go, ah, and I'm like, that's right, Mr. Late Night. And they're like, no, man, monorail. <laughs> <laughs> monorail, man. No matter where I am, my wife will be giving birth. I'm cutting the umbilical cord. Monorail, man. <laughs> All right. That's great. So I, I, yes, can't, I, I can't emphasize enough as a Disney fan, the monorail was synonymous with the Disney company for like 50 fucking years. And as we move forward in history, I think it might be a tie. Like you will remember, you will remember the monorail from this episode of the Simpsons, or if you've ever been to Disney world, not land, because that's just a fucking ride in Disneyland. Whereas in world, it's a means of conveyance because Jesus, I don't want to go on too long, but Walt Disney was trying to manifest a world that didn't exist and mm. create new forms of technology and conveyance, and that's what the monorail is. And in Disneyland, it is it is the train. It's how in Disney World is the train. It's beautiful to say. Like in I, Disneyland, I, it's a thing you you circle the park in, right? Well, and I and, wrote it at uh, Tokyo Disneyland mm-hmm. as well. It's the circling. It the is in like yeah. in, but nobody else has this. Mm-hmm. I, I I meant to look into it a little more. Like, is there a city with a fucking monorail? Is it Bart a monorail? Uh, I you know what I think. Well, I think it nah, might be. It's, it's tracks. It's train tracks. It's not okay. one rail. No. I'm disappointed now. Sorry. And as we all know, mono means train, one, and, and rail means rail. I should have counted the rails. This episode is also but that's 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 where the term comes from you wouldn't remember the term monorail if disney didn't if you didn't go to disney like monorail why is it called the monorail because it's only on one rail (laughs) every fucking transit system's on one rail maybe touching one piece of electricity on the third rail yes 
There's- and this episode is directed by Rich Moore, mm-hmm. who, as I've bragged about before on here, I got to interview him at the Wreck-It Ralph premiere. But I specifically thanked him for this episode and, and said, like, it's... I, I wanted to shake people. I told him at the, at the event, I wanted to shake people there that they didn't realize, like, yes, this is a great animation director and he made a great film. Mm-hmm. But he made the fucking monorail. Yeah. He directed the monorail <laughs> episode of Simpsons. Like, he's the most important and person here. He is so funny on this commentary. If you haven't listened to it, because oh uh, they're praising Conan nonstop li- and, and he is giving them shit for it. He's like, the Conan yes. animate this scene? Yeah. And he's so, fr- but he's old friend. Like, he's worked with Gene and Reese. Yeah, it's playful. Tons of stuff. Yeah. Like, it's p- playful. But you, you definitely can get the feel of the animators versus the writers yeah. on this thing. I, I love I, that I'll rivalry. Never, like, there are a certain people, I, I can boil down who created my sense of humor for me in my life and it's down to three people if the simpsons is people and the other people are conan o'brien and bob odenkirk yeah but conan o'brien just because like everything i loved in snl everything i loved in the simpsons and when i i can't really describe that in like a pre-internet world like finding conan o'brien on late at night and like a friend who would tape it and like it was just the funniest thing to us it really was and it, it is a, like Maybe not now, but it was a living cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it felt like that era's version of the Eric Andre show, yeah. where you had no idea what you were going to watch. There yeah. were fake guests on the show yeah. that were like UCB yeah. improv people. It was great. Like, you would never know what you were oh, going to get when, every, when, every episode. When, there's a great clip on the new Conan show where Brian McCann quits, and they show all his characters. And it's uh, like, FedEx Gay Pope? Lincoln, <laughs> yeah. uh, the guy who bowls whales. <laughs> and yeah. the FedEx Pope. Yeah. The FedEx Pope is all stupid shit. <laughs> it's all little cartoon characters. Masturbating really, bear, masturbating pimp bots. bear, yeah. my, all that stuff. My favorite was their uh them being so obvious about their joke. They said, Isn't that right? Cactus Chef playing We Didn't Start the Fire on a Pan Flute. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and he just did it on on that same thing where he talked about the election. Yeah. He said, but I just want to make you laugh. Yes. And so Tall Doxon. Tall Doxon. Tall Doxon. There is one uh, bit that sticks with me. It was an entire episode. He would do these conceptual episodes. And one was he was locked in a meat locker, I believe, with <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yes. And it was like a clip show, but there were I... guests coming into the meat locker with him. And it was all one talk show episode i was like my favorite shows as a kid were things that were i was always like this should not be on the air so i love it and that was one of them <laughs> so I like grew, mystery I, science theater conan i grew up Space under ghost i remember riding the school with my dad and like they'd play letterman's top 10 and my dad would fucking crack up and i'd love it and i i did love watching letterman but like conan spoke to me mm. really yeah. did I and think he is our Letterman. I think he's uh, our absolutely Arizona, Letterman. Our Letterman. Especially the early weird stuff. Like and Letterman's early weird like stuff. Like, I'm not even politically active. I remember when Obama was, like, going through an election. I'm like, Conan better come out of this on top. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not messing around. Like, I don't, I don't care about anything else going on in the world right now. Conan deserves the Tonight Show. And there was, there was the belief that he would not last. Like, one of the most dated critic jokes is when Jay Sherman is bumped from his table by Conan O'Brien. The joke was like, no one knows who Conan O'Brien is. Jay Sherman is this low in the totem pole. It does seem a little, a little harsh on Conan. Yeah. But again, it was made by Algin and Mike Reese. Yeah, who knew him? Yeah. All right, but let's get into the episode. Yes. Opens right, okay. with, well, it, it opens this, amazingly. Oh, sorry. It is ahead. amazing, but. I think Bob and I cheated a little bit chatting a tiny bit before, yeah. but Sorry, I do Chris. think that you could cut out, like, the story of this episode is 15 minutes. Yeah. There's about yeah. six minutes of filler, including this, which is great filler, but the Flintstones opening has nothing to do with anything. Simpson, Homer Simpson, he's the greatest guy in history, from the... Out of Springfield, 
He's about to hit a chestnut tree. <laughs> I just love how prolonged everything is. Yes, it makes it makes a good comedy. It, I just do find it odd, and I'll never be able to describe this if you're too young to remember when this aired, but The Simpsons could only be described in conjunction with The Flintstones yeah. at this point. Yeah. And they've never really acknowledged that connection. And it just feels odd. This is this is the one this is the episode that most people love to death. And this mm. is the one where they like embrace the Flintstones. Well, they break they break reality multiple times. Reality. That in Mr. Plow, just recently with Mr. Plow, which is by no means a grounded episode. No, no, no. But in Mr. Plow, <laughs> him totaling his car is the start of a yes. story. And this time it's just like and Homer totals car. <laughs> but anyway, that doesn't even matter. He'll be driving that car in eight minutes. And I, I say now as an old man, it's totally worth it to see him slide down that rail and through yes, the window of his yes. car. It's a, it's great. And the guy pulling the 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 guy that that's the they just drew the same guy, <laughs> just not in a just in Simpsons non Flintstone style. But okay, so then all the, of it makes me very happy. All the Southern governors who are crooks, they love their. But yeah. he said he Lenny said ship it up to the Southern governor who are crooks mm. and that i thought that was just the first time the simpsons uh writers are misleading you as to where springfield is because oh. i don't know how you ship things up to the southerners they're in the virgin islands yes, right now they're, they're somewhere in the philippines and then we get uh, another dose of that axel f ripoff theme yeah and uh and then but, we get a squirrel with laser eyes and a tree with, with tentacles. tentacles. Like, yeah. This is such a silly episode. You're right. It really does go like, we just did Homer's Bypass, which mm-hmm. is a very grounded, very, that's, and it's that's, about as grounded as season four gets, I call it as, like, I don't know. I call it Perfect Simpsons because it utilizes itself well as a cartoon, whereas this is very, it's just not a sh- show about people right now no i mean mr burns and smithers are doing the dirty work that their hired goons should be yeah. doing like literally yeah. cramming trees it's full of funny. barrels like of it. toxic waste well, i love it i love it, it but it's I love like in last yeah. exit, exit to springfield too that burns and smithers just do everything mm-hmm. yeah. like they stopped mm-hmm. they stopped delegating and they also really commit to a silence of the lambs parody oh for also, no reason also the the cruelty of the joke all those bald children are arousing suspicion. Like, <laughs> yeah. ouch. You've given, like, he's killing children. And I believe they use that. Okay, so Burns is wheeled in like Hannibal Lecter mm-hmm. is. Did they did they use that joke in Bart the Murderer when Bart is wheeled in? I think it's the same joke because, yeah. yeah. But again, it's like, it's it's one year after this movie won It Oscars. makes more sense with Burns. It like, does. He deserves to be wheeled in like that. I love this yeah. scene because. Uh, Mr. Burns, in light of your unbelievable contempt for human life, this court <laughs> finds you $3 million. Smithers, my wallet's in my right front pocket. Oh, and uh, I'll take that statue of justice, too. Sold! <laughs> I hate to be all lefty on this. Uh, I, there's a great documentary out there called Hot Coffee. Yeah. And they, where they talk about punitive damages and what those mean. And it's because, like, Burns took this fee as of, like, well, that's the cost of doing business. Yeah. I'll just keep doing it. But if you're charged for every instance of it, and you have to give it to one plaintiff, yeah. uh, maybe you won't. And again, that hot coffee because that that was a subject of like a woman dumb fucking broad spills coffee in her lap and she gets billions of dollars. Like America, yeah. it's all no, wrong. it's it's like, the government saying you are repenting for everybody you've ever done this yeah. to. Knowing the truth behind that, I felt like I was lied to because it totally. was really just like, oh, it's a negligible business that should have known better. Yeah. Not a dumb customer. Like this it woman wasn't a dumb was customer. Burned she, irreparably. Like, they, yeah, she's dead now, so they could show pictures of her 
farts and melted like, her skin, melted like, vagina, yeah. and like, and why was it so McDonald's didn't have to switch its coffee out yeah, it and keep was, it keep it so hot they could never make more and keep it sanitary? Yeah, and it also hurt people. Mm-hmm. And like that, I don't know. Like, that, ooh, that, the coffee too hot. Like, yeah, it was it I was too hot. I can't speak for, of the nineties. I can't speak for Conan, but I think that was part of the joke that like people who can buy their way out of lawsuits like this yes. purchase like yes. and it's Plots, on the, it's yeah. on the next shot. It's like yeah. Smithers is holding it with a happy well, face. I never noticed. <laughs> and then that. they also didn't free. The, he's getting rolled down the stairs. With, it's still in the thing. Like they didn't free him from that. I think Burns just likes not walking. He prefers that kind of transportation. I also love the return. Of, Smithers. I love the return of the runner that Homer only likes bad comic strips and that he loves. Andy, oh Kelly. please, you this is great. Drunk. <laughs> oh, Andy Cap, you wife beating drunk. <laughs> Oh, there's going to be a town meeting to decide how to spend Mr. Burns' money. Oh, what a boon it could be for our underfunded public schools. I'm sorry, I love this. Children, it's time for your history lesson. Put on your virtual reality helmets. Mmm, excellent. <laughs> Hello, Lisa. I'm Genghis Khan. You go where I go. Defile what I defile. Eat who I eat. <laughs> it's such a vile thing they conveyed with with te- yeah. PG television dialogue. Yeah. Of who Genghis Khan That's was? That's another scene I feel like was ADR'd. I feel like he was the saying something else. His mouth was oh, moving yeah. weird. Yeah, I, I have a feeling defile was something they had to define. Maybe later yeah, on maybe. that that mm, at the end felt like a reader repulsa. Like ah, <laughs> syllables. I love it. Mm. No, yeah. I thought it was him going. Yeah, yeah, you want to do? You want to hang out? But and, I, I still love virtual. Re- they just came out with a PS. The yeah, PlayStation VR. Twenty four years later, this is twenty maybe a reality. Later. Yeah, almost Close a reality, later. Bob. Yeah, and like in ninety three, he would be like a pterodactyl made out of three polygons, teaching Lisa <laughs> about science. I think so. Uh, and uh, and also Bart's dream of the giant mechanical ants mm. that was fun. But all these three, it's more filler. Like, yeah, like we gotta really fill is. some time. Like yeah. have them dream up stuff. Watch it more. Really TV. is. So I'm more than happy to skip people to like that. The town that scene hall. with the ants. Though, I was thinking like I love it. Fantasizing about blowing up your school and killing your principal yeah. was a much more innocent dream in '93. It was, and like I, I just remember like I never heard Alice Cooper schools out for summer. Until a Nickelodeon promo, we it, won. It, it, well, it was like yeah, it was like schools out for summer, and they show the kids like setting the school on fire, and Mad and like I go to the schools, the 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 newsstands, and Mad Magazine, and I saw I made a song out of this. I can't remember <laughs> Mad Magazine sizzling school sucks issue. No, where I like, where, I had where, that. like where like every yeah every kid was validated with their idea that like school is. School is terrible. You should all you should burn it all down. I believe can. they they had the slogan "Down with homework." <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, but I don't I, I don't mean to hate on all these dream sequences mm-hmm. or cutaways because almost all very very funny. Yeah, they fill time, but they're so good. And, I, and I like, don't mind. It's a non Halloween episode, and multiple people get dismembered in this episode. Yeah, it really does happen yeah. a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so then they finally do the town meeting, which I think also leads to one of my all time favorite snake lines. Yeah, could oh, this town? Oh, I don't have it. But it, could this town be any stupider? <laughs> Love Order. it. Order! Please rise for the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Get to the money! <laughs> In a moment. First, let's review the minutes from our last meeting. Get to the money! Get to the money! Get to the money! Very well. We will now hear suggestions for the uh, disbursement of the uh, $2 million. Don't you mean $3 million? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Silly of me. Uh, okay, and then we have one of my favorite bits. 
in the entire series. Uh, I the best character was, who never came back. When it happened, I forgot. I was like, oh, this is yeah. this. Because it's very like similar screaming. to his line of dialogue in the King Homer episode, but this is very clearly animated to what he's saying. Yeah. Because his eyes are so funny here. Excuse me, we could use the money to hire firemen to finally put out that blaze on the east side of town. Boring. Hello, my name is Mr. Snrub, <laughs> and I come from uh, someplace far away. Yes, that will do. <laughs> anyway, I I say we invest that money back in the nuclear plant. I like the way Snrub thinks. <laughs> I love uh, Smithers, like just buying into it completely. It's Snrub, the, it's, the, it's the bold fist at your like at chest level. Like, yeah. I like the way Snrub. Uh, and and when I was a kid, when I realized Snrub was Burns backwards, yeah. I I was even more impressed. It's so immediate. I just love someplace far away. Yes, <laughs> and then he covered so, that up quite well. It's such a theatrical mustache, <laughs> like it's a terrible mustache. It yeah. all wider than his shoulders. That feels so Conan O'Brien too. A like, fake mustache is a very Conan-y thing in this and, era. And then their Batman, Michael Keaton Batman escape. Yeah, that was very a very well of the time Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it was how he say it's pretty much exactly how he saves Kim Basinger in the movie. Got it, yeah, it's been a while. And I, didn't you think it was kind of weird that Joey the goon was one of the guys about to beat up Burns? I was like, wow, yeah. you gotta be mad, Joey. I, they were just using, we need a big guy. Here, it, but, don't kill. It's a small <laughs> moment, but I just love how the meeting continues after that after so that fast. grappling hook scene. Just like, okay, like next person. I have a poo. Scene. When a poo yeah, starts fine. talking, there's still a poo. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see this money spent on more police officers. I have been shot eight times this year, and as a result, I almost missed work. Crybaby. <laughs> My name is Marge Simpson, and I have an idea. It may sound a little boring at first. Chat away. I'll just amuse myself with some pornographic playing cards. Oh. Well, surely you've all noticed the terrible condition Main Street is in. Many of us have destroyed it by leaving winter chains on our tires and carrying too much weight. This is all; these are all great visual jokes, and introduced yes. well by a narrated flashback, which doesn't hasn't really uh, happened a yeah. lot in The Simpsons. A million cutaways, though, yeah. like several yeah. cutaways. This, yeah, it is a template that The Simpsons would follow very closely after this, and then. And then also here comes Conan's hate of the elderly <laughs> yes. as well. Well, I, I would give this line of the show because this makes me laugh. So, when I think about when Hank Azaria's Bronson Blue Collar oh. guy makes me laugh. Yeah, this is one of the best. It, I, it doesn't make any sense it's in one audio. Syllable. Yeah. yeah. And those potholes are becoming a real nuisance. Oh. It's that a man, a man doing a front flip with his car <laughs> into a bottomless is, chasm. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's explode with popcorn. That's the most energy that character can whoa. expel. <laughs> he needs to be jaded about everything, including his own death. And again, uh, if you're a lefty, this will color everything. Like at this point, but I swear to God, this will be funny in two years. Mm. Whereas uh, who you elected won't. Uh, the <laughs> no, hold on, just one minute. Sure. We could fix up Main Street. <laughs> we could put all our eggs in one basket. <laughs> Shut up! Wasn't done yet. I'm just saying, we could blow all our money on a stupid little street, but... <laughs> I ain't fur it, I'm a ginnit. Okay, that's my line of the show. I, I ain't fur it, I'm a ginnit. Thank you. I love wow. I love That's the word the spur and again. Again. Again is I'm I'm again it. I love again it. Yeah. I, re- 
I always thought it would have to be like a prospector dispute in order for me to say a gimmick. Oh, okay, and so then comes the arrival. It does. And like, how do we set this well, up? This uh, is a this Co- is an important moment. Sorry, Henry. Go Conan was very happy to get here to get Phil Hartman to who do he, this role. Conan gave Phil Hartman is one of the best in the top three SNL cast members of all time. Absolutely, in my I would agree with you. And, I, and like, in most of his dialogue was provided by Conan or the writers who worked on the show mm, at the time. But he was so good at everything, yeah, and yeah. he's been a regular on the show on The Simpsons for a while mm-hmm. now. But this is this is his first real starring role in an yeah, episode. where he's a central character in the show. It wasn't a one-off joke mm-hmm. with with smooth Jimmy <laughs> Apollo or yeah. any of those characters. Yeah, and he. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he is also one of the greatest. It's really like I'd say he's better than any of the original cast members on SNL from like what he can deliver uh, constantly. They called Phil Hartman the glue mm-hmm. because and and, and I, I, I'll attribute it to uh, Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell is a guy who doesn't flub his lines, gets everything correct, and and is rarely the centerpiece of a sketch, but a- absolutely intrinsic to it. Yeah, and like that's what Phil Hartman was, and I'm I'm seeing there's there's another guy in SNL right now, like who because I just watch SNL now and like really no one can stop laughing, yeah. <laughs> like ever like everyone's a little Fallon. I know, I know, <laughs> Every, but everyone is except for the, there's a new guy, Mikey Day, who's mm. like who like he reminds me of Dana Carvey. Jesus, that's high praise. If you're listening to this, do not contact me. <laughs> I, I don't want to know anybody I I care about is listening. Um, so this was his extended appearance, and as Conan had said, he wanted to write an episode that was part 70s disaster mm-hmm. film and part The Music Man. That's really important. Yeah, it's another great like Simpsons incongruity, like mm-hmm. two things that should not belong together, being together and working. So do you think we need to hear Lyle first? or the? I do I do yeah. want to say one thing. This, this sets an important precedent. I mean, there were songs on The Simpsons before, sure. but they were in the context of a character listening to a song or performing a song. This is the first time a musical moment really? happens. It's true. Where a song happens to advance the plot everyone knows the words mm. the reality is broken for the sake of a performance of a song but no one's like we're gonna put on a show it's like no we all know the words wow. yeah this is the first time it happens because they like even in the music video like do the Bartman, mm-hmm. it's a dream sequence he's dreaming of his song like, yeah they don't even break it in that one and, and this... like capital city was a song presumably on the radio and yes. or whatever but... i mean tony bennett's singing it on the street but they are listening to it <laughs> yes like, it's it four street and b yeah uh but this is lyle landley um played by phil hartman all those in favor of grandpa simpson's plan it's never grandpa's plan please <laughs> you know a town with money is a little like the mule with a spinning wheel no one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mule. The name's Lanley, Lyle Lanley. And I come before you good people tonight with an idea. Probably the greatest... Oh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville idea. <laughs> now, wait just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. Just tell us your idea, and we'll vote for it. <laughs> I have. Every, oh, you don't. You have to wait for the song. Yeah, I mean, I have every musical angstrom of the song memorized mm-hmm. because I had the Simpsons. I mean, I still have it. The songs in the key of Springfield CD yeah. oh, mm-hmm. that has all the best songs from the first like eight yeah. seasons. I listen to this over and over, over and over and again. Over and it includes and this over intro over. too, so it's like yeah. I yeah. know it's like etched into my brain. Yeah. But I still oh. love every word of it. But the, uh, his map of cities is great, though. They should have really like known. Like, wait a minute, drew those on that map. Ogdenville, <laughs> North Haven. It sure put because it's the biggest pause when I was capturing audio of it. Like you have to look. Look at the map and read four uh, names. Was Shelbyville on that map, or did no, he not say Shelbyville? It, it, he didn't say Shelbyville. No, no, Shelbyville is not included, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, Ogdenville, Brogden, Brogdenville, Ogdenville, Ogdenville, North Haverbrook, 
Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haven. Yeah, that's right. They sure put them on the map, and they're just in the middle of nowhere. It's great. It's I guess joke. they don't have every, every angst memory. But uh, fuck it. But it's it's all based on what, Henry? I, I lean on my man. gay friend. Yeah, it is. It is The Music Man, a popular Broadway musical from 1957. That so I've seen uh, this a bunch for some reason. That, that was then made into a 1962 film, and it... And both starred Robert Preston in the lead role mm-hmm. as the huckster, mm-hmm. who is tricking kids into buy, uh, tricking a town into buying musical instruments, yeah. and then he's going to skip town until he falls in love with the gorgeous Shirley Jones. And he needs to find a- another enemy. Am I right? Like he, like he, yes. he, he, he creates the villain in the form of, again. Is colored this little the bit. villain is Vice, right? Uh, well, and so this is the song that I think is, if you've never seen The Music Man, I think this is the song that imp- that they're taking off on. In they the really are. Movie. He's dressed yeah. exactly the same. Hysteria! Friends, the idle brain is the devil's playground. Trouble! Oh, right here in River City. With a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. We've surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Gotta figure out a way to keep the young ones moral after school. Mothers of River City, heed that warning before it's too late. Watch for the telltale signs of corruption. The minute your son leaves the house, does he rebuckle his knickerbockers <laughs> below the knee? Is there a nicotine stain on his index finger? A dime <laughs> novel hidden in the corn crib? Is he starting to memorize jokes from Captain Billy's whiz bag? <gasps> Are certain words creeping into his conversation? Words like... Like swell. <laughs> <laughs> So's your old man. <laughs> but if so, my friends... So everyone is waving their arms in the air like they but do in the monorail song. They're all dressed like this: the bow tie, the straw hat. Uh, yeah, like that actor's great. Right. That Roberts Preston. I, I wondered why I hadn't seen him in more stuff, and it's mm-hmm. because that made him a star, the mm-hmm. Music Man on Broadway. And he did that film and a couple other films, but then he's like, no, oh, back to Broadway. Back to back to uh, live theater. That's I why love, I love that mentality. Like, I'll just go back to the theater. Like, These I don't need pictures your fucking are movies. Yeah. I'll get paid the same. I'll move back to the East Coast to make the same. Uh, <laughs> was but, that was that like a period piece, though? It doesn't feel like it, it was is. from yeah. Uh, yeah. the 50s. It feels like it's from like the 20s I mean, like, or the 30s. My mother speaks in language of musicals. Mm. So when, when you hear the word, we got trouble, she's like, and then... Uh, I moved out here. I'd never seen a Wells Fargo bank. And if you've never heard, the Wells Fargo wagon is coming down. That's from this movie, too. Okay. And, then, like, it's... That bank is not Wells Fargo from the movie. It licensed the name from the fucking movie. <laughs> wow. Because that's, like, that's how famous it used to be. Uh, I could be totally wrong about that. I think the Wells Fargo bank was established uh, in the 19th century. Yeah, but I think it went bust. Like, it didn't oh, exist when okay. I was a little kid. But like it, like the Wells Fargo wagon was a song for my mother's generation oh, okay. that they sang. Gotcha. Um, also, if I may begin our usual uh, minute of hate speech about Family Guy, <laughs> now I, I the Family Guy rips off the Simpsons by ripping off uh, Music Man as well. Not really, I but suppose. They, but they as a gay as a gay fan of musicals, you should love what Family uh-huh. Guy does on a regular basis. Well, actually, I was looking this song up, and one of the hits on YouTube was Seth MacFarlane singing. And I was just like, "Fuck you." Well, he did his own. I watched it. He mm. he did a parody of it, which was about how important writers are. And so uh, he, was it for the Writers Guild? It strike? was for the Writers okay, Guild. Okay, well, I have more respect for him now. So he at least did it for that, mm. and I'm glad that billionaire could talk about how important it was for writers to get their th- tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> but the, 
it, look. Can he do anything right? Uh, and <laughs> well, he popularized Shapoopy, though. Shapoopy, the best thing he did was that, to not write for American Dad. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, but that version of Shapoopy is not as good as the one in the Music Man film mm-hmm. by Buddy Hackett. But it's really good. Shapoopy is from the same film. Yeah, yeah that's which right. Family Guy does an entire verbatim. Mm-hmm. I should have okay, stayed in bed. But okay, the song. The song. Whoa, no, we have to wait for that. Oh, God, no. Uh, in the episode. Well, the, you want to hear it now? We can hear it. I'm getting musical let's blue hear balls. Let's a little bit here. Well, sir, there's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six-car monorail. what I say? Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. That's right, monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the truck could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. What about us, Brendan Slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? <laughs> no good, sir. I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. <laughs> Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. Monterey. What's it called? Monterey. Once again. Mono, don't. The wall is really don't. So um, we we saw the problem with rings on pudding cans in uh, in the uh, streetcar named March episode. I do want to point out though, obsessed with that. There is a musical thing happening in this song where mm-hmm. uh, the in the phrases where Lyle Langley is talking, like "Take my pen knife, my good man," and "Glides mm-hmm. softly as a cloud." That part of the music was um, composed to the animation. They just told off Klaus and just like just just put in some music to really? when he's hitting the key. So that's why it's like plink plink. So it's plink, done after plink. the fact. Yeah, There's so that's a why word for that, and I forgot. That's it. why it sounds like kind of off. Uh, but it's it's what he's actually playing in the animation by an animator who's not probably not di- thinking about this music. It, like Disney made its bones by like creating animation to exist. Oh in music. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the other way around. Like, yeah, it was. The animation was created first, but that's why his his musical phrases sound a little off. It's like plink, 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 mm. plink. Also, when he tells them to raise up their hands, I love Herman's right there in the middle with his one arm yeah. going up get, and not the other Henry, one. Can I get you love musicals, right? Yeah. Oh, um But no, no, no. It's more because like uh, I I remember how I first saw this film. Mm. I all the cool kids in sixth grade were signing up for their it was the first time you were like you can sign up for classes mm-hmm. what are the cool kids doing they all want chorus because it's easy as shit you don't mm-hmm. even bring a you don't even have to like hold a pencil <laughs> uh, and the first thing she did was like this is what this whole class is about and that noise of like a VHS going inside ka-chunk ka-chunk yeah <laughs> But like amplified through a fucking PA system, <laughs> um, and then Music Man, and that's when I first saw the Music Man in, in, in sixth grade. I don't know where this stands in the pantheon of like popular musicals. I don't know if Conan and the Simpsons writers are making a very obscure reference. I mean, Conan loves the Music Man, and he even talks about how like in the late nineties mm-hmm. he had been asked to be part of a revival of mm-hmm. the Music Man in, on on Broadway. It it was big, like it was big it was in fifty seven. Yeah, it it just. It's not a mo- it's it's kind of in the I don't dead see it. I've, zone I've of never not seen being it. a modern one. I've never you know? seen it on television. I've never seen it. Uh, well, I've seen my like oh, Music Man's coming on TCM. Like but I, you don't see it on like networks and you, No, well, it's I pretty don't... rare even though people know songs from it like For not, real. Uh, especially like 
uh, the trombone songs. Amazing trombone. I think yeah. the state of musicals now. I'm completely ignorant, by the way, but mm-hmm. it's either Hamilton or a musical based on a movie from like '95 or '96. Like, there's a Matilda Hamilton. musical, like a yeah. Shrek, Shrek the musical. musical. Yeah, that failed, but it's but but it's Hamilton or nothing else. That's the only thing people yeah. have the memory. But for. like growing up in a, in a town of of let, I'll just call them gay women uh, <laughs> right. who love their Rodgers and Hammerstein. Like I watched this, and I watched this a bunch, but like I don't. I don't. It wasn't one of my top ones. I'll have to say, I, I, I have to. I think Bye Bye Birdie owns mostly because no, no, of Anne Margaret. I did. <laughs> I did too. But I, I don't. Also, say, Paul Lynn and that. Well, it's Paul Lynn on Broadway, but Dick D- D- Van Dyke. In the but film. where we stand right now, no one, no, almost none of you listening have seen The Music Man. Nor would, mm. nor have you ever heard of it. Yeah, um, I would believe that. And so that's why I find it kind of weird. Like I knew this almost instantly. Like, well, I was raised music on seventies and eighties musicals. Mm. Like I listened to. Les Mis and all the Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff way more than I listen to the older things Ugh. like that. And so <laughs> the synthesizer and like, wish don't could... cry for me. I wish you could tell that. like, mom, I'm having trouble with this math problem. Trouble, 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 trouble. Sure. Like, shut up, mom. Just fucking help uh, me. I don't want to sing a song. Before we move on, I want to say it's it's a giant failure of the karaoke uh, <laughs> industry that there are never Simpson songs for at karaoke. Real. I am for always real. mad. Unbelievable. I, I look for that giant book, never Simpson songs get get on that guys get on that right now the simpsons will be right back thank you so much for listening to talking simpsons hey people got some good news for you this episode oh yeah i know you like the episode this episode is brought to you by audible uh and if you don't know what audible is i'm about to tell you because i have to audible is the internet's leading source for uh Audiobooks, comedy, radio shows, spoken entertainment, they call it, that go, that works on your desktops, phones, Androids, tablets. You know the drill, but they have over 180,000 titles to choose from, so odds are, if you like listening to stuff like this, you like listening to stuff on Audible. Obviously, they've got their bestsellers over there, your Harry Potters, your Game of Thrones, your Dooms, your Girls with the Dragon Tattoos, but I wanted to tell you guys, because of this episode, you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free audiobook. What free audiobook? Dude, how about I Am Spock? <laughs> Written and read to you by Leonard Nimoy. The world needs laughter. And for a different perspective on Spock, how about Leonard? My 50-year friendship with a remarkable man. Written and narrated by William Shatner. I shouldn't have to convince you anymore. You know the Audible service. And if you want to try this and listen to books like this for yourself and 180,000 others, go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started for yourself. Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1986. A brilliant film, tremendously compelling, a great adventure. Gene Shalit, NBC TV. An accessible, overwhelmingly handsome movie version of a classic. A potent shot of cultural adrenaline. I didn't realize how the Bruce Williamson, Playboy. Even if you're not an opera fan. Oh my God. Keep going. Let it play. I'm thrilled by the passion and beauty of this film. And if you are an opera fan, the film is a must. Canon Films proudly uh, presents what? Otello. There. So I wanted to mention, because we talked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 what? last week. That was released by Canon Films. Robotech is released by Canon Films this week. As well as Othello. If you Again, if you haven't seen that documentary Electric Boogaloo on Canon Films, yeah. the Golan Globus team of just, let's just make everything happen. But there's already a Robotech movie in Japan, and they're like, don't use any of our characters. 
So they combined two different, uh, an OVA and a television yeah, show. Megazone, Megazone 23, 23 and the Southern Cross, which are like unrelated things. Totally unrelated. A full screen Robotech movie for America with none of the characters anybody recognizes. This is in one week. This is what, in two weeks, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. This is one company releasing wow. all three of these films in a seven day period. Also, I don't believe it. Like, the very beginning of that, there's, there's a Gene Shallot quote and there's no puns or wordplay. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised by that. Othello, go, Othello. <laughs> go, Othello, to Othello. You'll love it. That's 30 20 10, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday, right here on the Laser Tab Network. Uh, so that song, it's all downhill from there. No, it's actually still a great episode after that. I, if you want to hear me talk about the Flash versus Superman, I can do it all day. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, the, the when he goes to the class, he even fools Lisa. It's a rare time where, like, it, as a kid, I thought, oh, Lisa's going to be the one who sees through this. I was shocked when it was Marge, who's kind of the hero mm-hmm. of it, that they lose the plot a little bit of that. But maybe there, that's but. the point, especially because mm-hmm. they were writing this episode for 2016, weren't they? Yeah, they um, even fooled Lisa. <laughs> Lisa had a good point, though. So, like Springfield is small and shitty. Why do yeah. they need a monorail? But, no but I also love that the fucking uh, fucking monorail salesman goes to an elementary school class to, to sell them on it. Yes, yes. to teach um, kids. But the yeah, it is one of my favorite. Lines. Oh, you! <laughs> now I'm here line. to answer any questions you children may have about the monorail. Me, me, me. Can it outrun the Flash? You bet. Can Superman outrun the Flash? Uh, sure. Why not? Hello, little girl. <laughs> Wondering if your dolly can ride the monorail for free? Hardly. I'd like you to explain why we should build a mass transit system in a small town with a centralized population. <laughs> Young lady, that's the most intelligent question I've ever been asked. Really? Oh, I could give you an answer, but the only ones who'd understand it would be you and me. And that includes your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. <laughs> so uh, I guess it can't be Ralph eating the paste, but they never Ralph show already it. asked a question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, like, after this scene is probably one of the more egregious uses of okay, wait, reused but, animation. Oh, go ahead, though. I do want to say, I hear about that. Superman that, yeah. versus the Flash. Oh, I did. It, it was something I was already <laughs> obsessed about as a kid. I was one of those kids who said, mm-hmm. "But who is faster?" And a brief history on that is that. DC never even liked thinking about that. They they rarely had their characters team up with mm-hmm. each other and then put in competition. It wasn't until the mid '60s that they had their first Superman and Flash race, mm-hmm. and but like three times in a row, they never they always had a cop out ending to say who mm-hmm. was faster. But mostly it was Superman was seen as the faster one, which wasn't very fair to Flash. That's and why so, Dragon Ball has power levels. Well, Superman doesn't break the universe. So this is pre-Crisis Superman, okay. who he could do everything. Okay. And the Flash could also do everything, but Superman did it just a little bit faster. But since then, mm-hmm. they have made it clear that Superman can be extremely fast, but he... He follows the rules of thermodynamics, <laughs> meaning friction, weight, gravity, oh, all yeah. those things. The Flash has the superpower to ignore all those things. I love his, so he's always faster. His, so Lyle Landy was wrong. His yes. modern explanation is that the Flash can move between molecules, mm-hmm. and that's really and again no mm-hmm. friction, no like yeah. he can and he can vibrate through anything. And there's to make it really clear how fast he is than Superman these days. Mm-hmm. 
in uh, the comic Flash Rebirth, there's a scene where Superman is telling Barry Allen, he says, Barry, you got to stay here. You can't. He's like, don't run away from me. And Barry's like, I got to go. And then (laughs) Superman says, hey, you know, I could. We've raced before. I've even beaten you a couple times. And Flash says, that was for charity. And he immediately <laughs> loses him. Like, he gets away from Superman like that. So, Dude, again, Flash people, is real good. Flash, like- is super, uh, Flash is faster than Superman. So, I know you didn't capture this, Chris, but I want to point it out. As with uh, Mr. Plow, there's a lot of time wasters in this episode. Yeah, and oh, one yeah. of the most egregious uses of... It's, in, it yeah, is the yeah. low point of this season. Yeah, a Truckasaurus the movie. I feel like this is an analogy in a Mike Reese joint because they love making cheap jokes about Brando and the Critic. I, it has not, to be yeah. theirs. Truckasaurus the movie? Yeah. I'm not fucking around. The file I had does not have that, but I do remember uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's on the DVDs. The yeah, it's yeah. The wasn't yeah. watching from the... It's uh, You Crazy Car. I don't know whether to crush you or kiss you. And it just wastes like <laughs> it's just a 30 fill time, seconds. But, it, but, but the then whole, it goes the straight sh- to the commercials. So. In terms of your memories and how you'll enjoy the show, the show starts when the town hall meeting. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then into like... Marge figuring out something is wrong. And it does waste a shitload of time. See? But home- Marge, I want to be a monorail conductor. Oh, no. It's my lifelong dream. Your lifelong dream was to run out on the field during a baseball game. And you did it last year, remember? <laughs> so let's go over the lifelong dreams. We have the car showed like a bowling pin. Uh, the bottomless pit. Was there another one? Uh, not to that point. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. eat the world's biggest hoagie. That was mm-hmm. before. This. Yeah, yeah. So we have four now. Mm-hmm. Four of his lifelong dreams. And the, also that I forgot the music. Like the da 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 da. Like that that comes in there. It's it. It reminds me of strange. Arrested Development. I'm surprised it, it wasn't like a minor key. The version last of that. season of Arrested Development. Whenever they talk about how far George Michael got with maybe, mm-hmm. they just say Pete Rose yes. getting the third base. And he went base, there head first. And like they would just Pete do Rose. an air horn. Yeah. <laughs> also, Idiot Ruins Game. I love that headline <laughs> so much. Uh, but when Homer's watching the commercial, it's eerie that like the guy is him. It's him on TV. And also, a joke I'd never noticed till now. First, they say, does whiskey count as beer? Then Homer is drunk watching it. Yeah. And when they angle on him saying, it's been my lifelong dream, there are like three beer bottles at the <laughs> bo- at the foot of the, of the sofa. Crazy. Look for it, guys. I like to think that is the good Homer from No Disgrace Like Home. He, his <laughs> life has turned to shit, and he's sitting on a couch. You're not thinking of poor Hoju. I love Hoju. True or false? You can get mono from riding the monorail. Mm, false. No, wait. Maybe it's true. No, you were right. It's false. (laughs) Wow, you really are going to be a monorail conductor. That's right, boy. You know, I used to think you were stuck in an emasculating go-nowhere job. (laughs) (laughs) Kids. But now, I want to follow in your footsteps. Do you want to change your name to Homer Jr.? The kids can call you Hoju. I'll get back to you. So, so like Homer, like Bart, I am. Uh, well, I'm not like Hoju, but I am a junior, so I could be Bob Jew. And like Bart, my dad is a deadbeat drunk, so uh, I'm not known as Bob Jew. Just reminded of the low standards we have for uh, people we look up to who give both answers instead of one, <laughs> and are, are right. Um, I don't want to go any further. Let's not uh, name names. I also like the. Uh, I hate that sound. <laughs> like, it's a. It is a like ten second joke, but it yeah. is pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was a nice change up that it's Marge who finds the who finds the problem and who yeah. is the who is the lone sane person in town. Right after learning about uh, possums, this makes me very happy. According to this book, the monorail goes over hundred and fifty miles an hour. What if something goes wrong? What if? What if I'm taking a shower and I slip on a bar of soap? 
Oh, my God, I'd be killed. <laughs> Frightens me that you want to work on something that's so unsafe. We monorail conductors are a crazy breed. Half in love with death, gobbling up danger like ordinary men eat peanuts. Am I turning you on? No. What if I undo this button? Good night, Homer. What if I talk like this? What if I sing to you? I gave my love a chicken, it had no bone. Did that song make you sad? Like, <laughs> him, him singing that song makes me feel so much older than, yeah. than how, how old America is. Because you're supposed to get that reference? It is it is a, that is a, a folk song specifically for America mm. that dates, dates back to, like, the fucking 16th century or something like that. Wow. It's called okay. the Riddle Song. Uh, I, I had to investigate it as a kid. I, I I gave my love a cherry that had no stone. Gave my love a chicken that had no bone. Ladies and gentlemen, Doc Watson. Um, <laughs> give it up. He's probably dead. Hooray. Uh, covered by Joan Baez. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, I think famously when, when looking at the wiki entry is that like, that's the song John Belushi grabs the guitar from the person and smashes. Right. He's singing this You're song. Right. You know what? Animal House. Yeah, in Animal I, House. I didn't yes. look this up. I assume Homer was thinking of a song, but was substituting lyric like food for no, actual that lyrics. Is, but it's it, the real lyrics. Wow. It's, it's also it's a folk song, so they didn't have to pay nobody. It's, <laughs> it's that old. It is. It is a public domain song. Yeah. Uh, that is, but again, a cheap joke of like pause for ten pauses on darkness for ten seconds. Wow, they really were do, filling air. Joke, but yeah. it was funny. It's still funny. They they even they even mock Rich Moore on the commentary. Like you say, this episode was hard. You didn't even have to draw eyeballs here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna give this my line of the show. That's the joke. So then, mono means <laughs> one, and rail means rail. And that concludes our intensive three-week course. <laughs> Sorry. Every time I... Like, you could show me a screenshot of Lyle Landley with his hand in front of the, the, the chalkboard. It makes me laugh so much. It really makes you think, what did they cover Rail before that? <laughs> like, what were they even doing in class for three weeks? Oh, just just devastating. Like, just lambasting government bureaucracy and why everyone doesn't have a monorail. Yeah. And anyway. And that's like top of the show news that uh, Homer is the monorail conductor. It's big news. And his file photo is one of my favorite images yeah. in Simpsons history. Yes. I love it so much. And oh. he's just chosen at random and like he's like waving his hand across the room and he's like, you will be the new conductor. Every, yeah. And I didn't notice that until now that everybody in this, the, the classroom is pointing at themselves. Yeah. And Homer's the first one that says, you mean me? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, everybody thought it was them. And Homer is dressed like as the conductor as like I think Darth Vader's second in command. That's one of my favorite moments in any commentary ever. Yeah, because like Matt Groening is. It's right after this, which Matt Groening says is his favorite joke in Simpsons history. Mm -hmm. Homer, there's a family of possums in here. I call the big one Bitey. I'm going to see Mr. Lambley. So the joke doing it because that's Matt Groening's line of the show yeah. he said that's his favorite line ever and then like I love in the commentary it's like so who is Homer dressed as here and like you hear someone take a deep sigh it's uh, more, yeah. not it's a real worse I think this is the, the character that Colonel Sanders is parodying in Spaceballs yeah, yeah. who was also uh, John Ratzenberger was one of the yeah it's one of those things. I'm just a big pig in Toy Story movies now. Um, uh, and may he live forever. I'll be sad please. when he isn't in a Pixar film again. Yeah, that'll be the end for John. Um, Old Ratsy. 
uh, margin covers the monorail truth by going to shit what town was it North Haverbrook North Haverbrook yes ain't no monorail in the never was it's so much fun yeah. if you ever if you ever traveled through the south uh, like and seen these shitty towns where Ruined one thing was towns. meant to save them yeah. I, I live around these towns I really did I grew oh, up around them oh my shitty town there were several Lyle Lanleys coming into town like at yeah. one point there was like a, a blimp factory that mm-hmm. was going to save Youngstown Ohio like there's all the always these hucksters coming in like industry hucksters like it we're going to put this factory in your town we would drive to the fucking beach or like to my grandparents my dad would be able to point out this is the thing that the town rallied behind and people moved here to do this yeah and, and they all got fucked <laughs> and and some of them are still here and, and like and it's just very strange i, I this, but, this is an old-timey thing and i hope it doesn't exist anymore i hope someone can't swindle a whole town though or a country yeah with, it never happened never it never happened. happened outlandish promises we're broadcasting but, from earth too <laughs> uh but homer <laughs> well though i was thinking about this for the first time Marge finds his crude drawings of how he's going to steal everything from the city. When she finds that out, she drives alone to North Haverbrook. Yeah. Does she tell the family what she's doing? She really should have told Homer, hey, Homer, I'm kind of worried about this monorail. I'm going to go out of town. I, ha- I have to tell you, this is that's part of the conspiracy theory on where Springfield is mm. for people. Because Marge didn't tell anybody and drove by herself and made it there before the sunset. Yeah. Or the sun, the sun was already down. Ah, so it has and to it, be unless she was gone for two days. And they show something. it on a map. Yeah, it's true. I think it, it does fit in with Marge's character. That she's like, I don't want to worry anybody. Like she yeah. would go off on her own just to, to not rock the boat in a very Marge-like way. But they meet something like, man, I hope you guys can help me here. Uh, this is the truth about the monorail system. Excuse me, Miss. You asked about the monorail. Who are you? My name is Sebastian Cobb. <laughs> Lanley hired me to build his monorail. He cut corners everywhere. Bad wiring, faulty brakes, as a celebrity on the maiden voyage was Gallagher. This is all that's left of one of the crappiest trains ever built. Mr. Cobb, what can we do? You just better have a damn good conductor. <laughs> so I, I like to do this research on our own so we can sound really smart in front of you, but I don't know who this person is. Well, they say on the commentary it was supposed to be Max Van Sydow. Yeah. It looks similar to him. Like, yeah, but like it's, in, the, the design is too specific to not be a reference to something. Well, it's also He's an old he, German man in a town where technology has failed. Yeah. I refuse to believe this isn't a very specific reference. Visually, he's the basis for Barnesworth from Futurama. A That's little bit, true. yeah. I want to yeah. say like he is probably a character in one of those 70s disaster movies that sure. even they can't remember. And, like, I, and I don't know which one that is. Like or a disgraced he, scientist who knows how to solve the problem and yeah. probably dies. It, it is a cliche yeah. in every movie. Or even, but, in a fifth, even in a 50s B movie like they'd have on MST3K, The Scientist. But he's old has. German and wearing sunglasses. Yeah. And I yeah. swear he's specific. He I knows, don't know what it is. Yeah. And also there's the joke lost to time where it's like we took a lot of German scientists after the war and they helped us build things. So it could be he could be a former Nazi too. <laughs> yes. For as yes. far as we know. I'm not yeah. projecting anybody. Uh, and in 1993, mm-hmm. I still thought Gallagher was funny and so it was a shock to me as a Glad kid I of was like the time. wait, <laughs> Gallagher's not funny? Yeah. He smashes I had things. I had the same reaction here like this and MST3K taught me like I'm supposed to hate Gallagher. Yeah. And this was a time in America where you could walk into any video store and there'd be like a Gallagher Section, yeah. Yeah. melon oh, crazy uh, up in front. Yeah. <laughs> Better than porn, they called it. Oh god! I, I like I saw the videos. It's, I just my parents never got. It's I, I don't know access. it. I don't know Gallagher. I really screwed up the recording on this. By the way, uh, is aren't men different than women? Ah. Yeah, 
Huh? Yeah. Uh, but smash your matic. So when the act ends, mm-hmm. they then start up. Uh, it then becomes the towering inferno or, any, yeah. or earthquake. All those we've got famous people. They're all going to show up, and they're going to be in this disaster. And <laughs> and so the everybody's so excited for the first ride on the monorail, yeah. and, and it's it's a bunch <laughs> of good little jokes in a row. You've got kind of a Rock Hudson reference. Oh it's, yeah. Oh, who I was going to ask who was the recently added person? That's the reference I was. I mean Dash Calhoun. Program. Well, he. He works with so many. He could work with Dick Sargent. It could work with there was. But who was it, recently outed in, like like in the early nineties? I mean, well, Robert Reed was dead. No, I was, was he gonna, dead at this point? I think so. I, I thought we still had a very Brady Christmas to get through. Dick, Sar- <laughs> could have been the eighties. Dick Sargent had outed himself. Really, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Darren number two. I meant I, I got it wrong, but recently outed ladies' man is a really fun. Joke. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good, and then he just showed up like Dash Calhoun, and when Krusty showed up, he's got an illegitimate mm-hmm. kid, which he would show up. He'd have another illegitimate kid, but not that one. Yeah, he had an illegitimate kid during the Gulf War, who would yep. be played by Drew Barrymore. I would be twenty-three God, I can't now. Get over this, women. Don't fuck clowns. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. It's always a bad idea. And Never they, fuck clowns. And they also have a Luke Perry uh, parody. Joke, yeah. Uh, and they From say, Springfield Heights, and we just talked to you about, like, the Heights was a show on the yeah. air right oh, now. Oh, man. Wow. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's it's a 902 slash 90210 slash the Heights reference. I'm drunk. I apologize. So they call him 34, but I want to say Luke Perry was only 26 playing a high school. Man, you did the same research as me. I yeah. looked that up, too. Like, how old was he? Really? Yeah. Was that oh, research? Or you just have to open that book? in your nightstand (laughs) but he still had the crow's feet the receding hairline and now he's on the AARP magazine covers which just sucks because like I'm visually so like I watched Chappelle on on, on SNL recently like we've aged Uh, the same way which is none of like the crow's feet the neck looks weird we're just bigger and fatter everyone just gets wider even if they don't get fatter it sucks Uh, and as a 34 year old now I'm laughing too hard at the elderly 34 year old but Luke Perry would be on in a later episode this season being Krusty's uh, half brother right. or brother. something, yeah. yeah. And uh, and I consider the Lurley Lumpkin scene non canonical. Really, uh, uh, like, it bothers it, me too. I don't like it. I yeah, just it almost felt like them pissing on their own creation. Like we're never bringing her back. Fuck that. Like, yeah, I don't anyway. like this dark end for her, but I love Doris Grau's voice. I do too. She's been dead for twenty years, but her voice is second to none. And here's country singing sensation Lurleen Lumpkin, fresh from her latest stay at the Betty Ford Clinic. <laughs> What you been up to, Lurleen? I spent last night in a ditch. How about that, folks? God. No one's voice will ever <laughs> sound like that, and that's why I miss Doris Grau. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Well, that's and also why she's gone. Yes, exactly. It's also, this is one of those weird things where like, we are living this accelerated course of Simpsons. Because mm. like, I feel like we just did this episode and like fell in love with Lurleen, yeah. and we've, we, it's sullied for us. Within, like, when it really was like, like 12 episodes. Ago. Yeah. So then comes the big guest star on yes. this, and I, I have a clip. My last clip mm-hmm. is Conan O'Brien explaining how this happened. He was not our first choice. Our first, wanted... first choice was George Takei. George Takei, who'd been on the show. We said, all right, let's bring him back. He's great. And I did a passable George Takei impression, <laughs> which I used to wheel out all the time. And George Takei turned the episode down. We said, why? He goes, I don't make fun of monorails. He said, I think they're very serious. I don't want to make fun of them. He was on the transportation, on the transportation, transportation board, board in San Francisco, and he didn't think someone should... We've, we went to the only actor in the world who took monorail seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, we can't do it. So then I thought, we're screwed. And then Leonard Nimoy said, I want to do it. He's like, I'll... 
Leonard Nimoy, Spock outranks. Yeah, that is trading George up. George Takei, yeah, that is trading up. Yeah. I've heard this story before, and the, the idea that that George Takei was like that, I I, I cannot uh, supersede my rule in the monorail commission. It was the monorails are thing that can happen. It was so, a Southern California Rapid Transit District. Mm, that yeah, really that took was, off, didn't yeah. it? He was on the board for that. Yeah, it's the right thing. He was on. Hey, George Takei is on the right, side, the right side, side of history. history. Yeah. yeah, it's the right thing to do. So Go. George Takei was on uh, when Flanders. Failed, yeah. correct? And then uh, he was played by Hank Azaria, that same character, in another episode. Akira. And he was in Bluefish. Uh, Blowfish. Yeah. He was on Blowfish as well as Akira. Yeah. But it was Leonard Nimoy. I'm sorry, it was uh, George Takai in Blowfish, too. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And so, but he didn't want to come back for this. I think they they thought they were aiming too low trying to get him and not going to Leonard Nimoy. And, and that's which, because uh, they tried asking Shatner, and he did not want to be on the show. I don't but think he the, ever has been. He, I don't think he has, but for something else, they asked him, and he turned it down. So they were like, okay, we need to aim lower than Shatner. <laughs> and Nimoy is on the same level as Shatner, so surely he would not do it. Oh, hey, wait. Actually, we don't play this sound effect much, but we do have cause for it, don't we? <gasps> God oh, death stalks you at every turn. Ah, there it is, death. Leonard Nimoy is one of the all-time best guests they've yeah. ever had, yeah. ever. I love him so much on this. Yeah. Oh, I got to hear it. Now I'd like to turn things over to our Grand Marshal, Mr. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> I'd say this vessel could do at least warp five. <laughs> <laughs> and let me say, may the force be with you. <laughs> do you even know who I am? I think I do. Weren't you one of the little rascals? Uh, little rascals? Uh, <laughs> rascals. Leonard Nimoy is so ready to be made yeah. fun of in this. He's just like, oh yeah, do whatever you want. He's <laughs> made fun of like in every, every time he appears, it's to mock Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. So I, I know they're making fun of his Star Trek stuff, of course, yeah. but I feel like a lot of this character that he's playing is based on his In Search Of, in search of hosting characters. role, which I have never even seen In Search Of, but oh. apparently it was huge in the 70s. All these writers grew up with it. Yeah. Like, oh uh, shit. There's a bunch of clips I had before that. Let me, let me, let me burn those off. Mr. Landley! Aren't you going to ride the monorail? Little lady, I'd love to, but I have to catch a plane. But the ride only takes a minute. Yeah, well, my plane leaves in less than one minute. <laughs> Fucking Brett does that any time I give him a time limit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to leave in less than one minute. Yeah. And uh, I guess he got murdered. I guess he's killed. He like, was, they lynch him on that plane. Yeah, yeah, like, we don't see what happens, but Lyle Laley never comes back he, as far as I know. Yes, but, like, in terms of a viewer... They gave him, like, you wanted to see him get his comeuppance. Yeah. You don't you really it. see it. And you did. Yeah. And it's great. It's it's so funny, though, to me. Because he's flying down. Where where am I landing? He doesn't know his layover. <laughs> no. He, he's, no. No. He's landing in North Haverbrook. And, like, people on the ground are like, seat 7B. <laughs> they know what seat he's in. Yeah. They go attack him. Yeah. And they can get on a tarmac. And, like... <laughs> In a very over-the-top Simpsons season four touch, he's holding briefcases that have yes. money like sticking out of the seams, yes. like dollar bills are Just jutting like out of it. the. Yeah. Just like he drew it. I wanted to play this clip because, like we talked about it earlier, I wish this was done more. The Quimby versus the Quimby versus Wiggum stuff. Oh, uh, like when this they is get, the last time we see it. Too. It, it yeah. might be the last time. I'm gonna take a nap. All right, I'm in charge here. Oh, run along, Quimby. I think they're dedicating a phone booth somewhere. Watch it, you talking tub of donut batter. Hey, I got pictures of you, Quimby. You don't scare me. That could be anyone's ass. <laughs> now, beat it. I'm calling the shots. I think that sash is cutting off the air to your brain. The town charter says in an emergency, I run the show. Well, we'll just see about that. Let's go to town hall. Fine. <laughs> should we take one car or should I follow you? <laughs> hey, Carter, as chief constable, I'm supposed to get a pig every month. 
and two comely lasses of virtue true. <laughs> Keep the pig. How many broads do I get? Hey, 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 let go. You're ripping it. No, you <laughs> are. No, you are. Let go. That's the charter. <laughs> I love uh. like the fucking... The town went by twice in the monorail. <laughs> I want to during that scene. In terms of the artistry, that document you can't read the text, but it's lovingly <laughs> rendered. You can actually make out Jebediah yeah. Springfield's signature yeah. in the center, along with a bunch of other ones. It's so, so it's it's very well I done. I love that dynamic between yeah. Wiggum. Two incompetent people who can like whenever they come into a room, <laughs> become like Perry Mason. You got any depth for these ships or yeah. something? Else? Also, I like Marge is a r- late arrival. It doesn't work in a post cell phone world. Yeah. And though I did love they did a second design for the scientist for his haircut. It's so it's funny. So I shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. Will cure your comedy of anything. You're allowed to show up to late. Show yeah. up to something late if you say I should. It was have a real lantern hanging of a joke. Do like. that next time you you're late to a party. Watch how well it works. And did you guys notice there's the Hindenburg painting on the wall? No. In the, in the oh, monorail? yeah. That's where right. They, yeah. Where they're getting drinks. Oh, it's great. But this, this is my favorite clip because, like, I think we're on the verge of. I thought yeah. we. I thought we were until the country decided they wanted to sink us into oblivion. That we were on the verge of progressive things like like solar power. Mm. Uh, and I love this. This is one of those Simpsons responses to like Jimmy Carter or progressive <laughs> measures. Ah. Wait a minute. We can just shut off the power. No such luck. It's solar powered. Solar power. <laughs> when will people learn? <laughs> A solar eclipse. The cosmic ballet goes on. Does anyone want to switch seats? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like the meanest I've seen him to a guest star. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I want to say that even as a kid, this bothered me because like, a lot of cartoons at the time treated mm-hmm. solar power like like you would treat a calculator. Like, oh, it just mm-hmm. comes on when the sun hits it, and then it turns off when the sun doesn't hit it. it and it's like... You it's, can use it indoors. Light works on it. Yeah, but it's like... I Let's f- utilize this. I feel like it's excused because this monorail is such of a poor quality that it would work like a, like a cheap calculator, sure, yes, you know? Just yeah. like it turns on when the sun hits it, and then it turns off when it's no longer... This monorail out. reads boobless. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's one thing about building a monorail that will break soon, but there's another, like, they build a monorail that could not work for five minutes <laughs> not even five that's minutes. why my plane leaves less than one yeah lyle lanely got the fuck out i think uh i think the batman exchange is an underrated very great line too, but you're, you're you're right because this like that line is an in search of line yeah, yeah. that's that's leonard which i don't know I mean, i've looked i've had i've had to look it up on youtube because I never saw Leonard Nimoy's in search of. Well, because yeah. they didn't save it for any reason. Yeah. Like they didn't play it when we were kids, and it it was just... Tenacious D introduced me to the they, idea. They, that they were, just... I mean, we had unsolved mysteries. The same mm-hmm. template. You just get a weird thing. Though unsolved mysteries is more about murder. But, but for a generation, think... Leonard Nimoy investigated murders, Bigfoot, and aliens. He was I'm a not... less legit Neil deGrasse Tyson. And that, but of that's this what time. That, that's what that's referencing. It's yeah. not referencing Star Trek. Spock doesn't look at a fucking solar eclipse and say that shit. Well, and he... Leonard Nimoy did for In Search Of. The real In Search Of reference would come with the Springfield Files when I he mean, would just be sitting much, at a desk. Yeah. That was much more obvious. And then he sings a song like his famous Bilbo bag. Yes. But if you like The Simpsons, guaranteed you've never heard of In Search Of. Uh-huh. You've never seen it. Unless you're 50-ish. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Uh, but the he's not Batman line. I, oh, I love so that good. line. Are we going to die, son? Yeah. But at least we'll take a lot of innocent people with us. Homer? Homer? Yellow. Homer, there's a man here who thinks he can help you. Batman? No, he's a scientist. Batman's a scientist. It's not Batman. I think I have a way to stop the train. You need to find an anchor of some sort. Think 
Carter, Homer. It's a visual reference, but it's so funny. It's a very Looney Tunes move where he envisions Bart as it an is, anchor. Where, yeah. where like the anchor speaks to him. No. no it's good. Uh, and we get to see we see the sea captain again, his fourth appearance of five episodes. Yeah. They, call that an anchor. They took him out of the last episode. I feel like they wanted him as part of that last wanted episode. Him so yeah. bad, but they couldn't do it either. Mm-hmm. There's just nowhere to put him in Homer's heart attack. They're like, no, separating uh, Siamese twins is a very delicate procedure. And it's like <laughs> They should be covered in blood. Yeah, when that happens like unless <laughs> unless that cauterized the wound. It was moving so fast. I, I, oh, and the they, world needs laughter. I, I love, love that. So yeah. fun, so much. All it, of it's so fun. But I will say, as as far as Simpsons shows go, that are legendary, uh, Mister Plow is way better. I like Mister Plow more than way this after rewatching it. Like it. Uh, oh, and I wish the donut he lands in was Lard Lad mm-hmm. Donuts, but it didn't exist then. Like, yeah, I mean, it would be three more seasons before we meet Lard Lad. But I think there was less time wasting, Mister Plow. Although there wasn't. Yeah. There's like, a, there's Mr. a bit of it, but Mister Plow is a complete story mm-hmm. and of one, and this is kind of like bounces around a bit. It is a lot looser, but it is such a cornucopia of jokes, yeah. including some of my favorite moments ever. But the animation, no offense to Richmore, I mm-hmm. I like the I give the animation edge to Mister Plow mm-hmm. as well, and it is a more complete story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I also think the highs I got to like. Mm-hmm. In this episode, are higher than the than the, the Mister Plow. I think Mister Strub, Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> yeah, like this. This has so, and and the monorail yeah. song. Those are bigger than the Mister Plow. They, they are, but I, it did it did like if you want to talk where the Simpsons broke their universe, it is this episode. A, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They were worried. They were really worried mm-hmm. about it. I will take he points. Teleports off this, away. He at does. The he, end of it. He beams oh, out. I will take points off this episode for having the worst floating head sequence where uh, there are floating heads, I think, right at the beginning. not done in animation, but done with like video editing, where the final floating head, which is Homer, kind of hovers You're over right. Marge's shoulder for like three, two seconds too long. It's very awkward. Because previously they were at least reanimated. Yeah, they were like mm-hmm. actual pieces of animation. Yeah. These were just like superimposed, like cut from other they were. You know, bits of animation. Yeah, uh, They're moving too smoothly. But the, the ending is, is, is like the most cartoonish like ending they've ever had. Yes. Uh, with, involving Springfield. Dad, you're a hero. Yes, son. I'm the best mono thingy guy there ever was. <laughs> well, my work is done here. What do you mean your work is done? You didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> and that was the only folly the people of Springfield ever embarked upon. Except for the popsicle stick skyscraper. And the 50 foot magnifying glass. And that escalator to nowhere. (laughs) Getting everyone. So, in order. No! In order, we see Rich Moore, Wes Archer, and David Silverman wow, going off the escalator to yeah. nowhere. The three main Simpsons animators who started with season one. A great yeah. tribute to themselves. Yeah, and that was in uh, Rich Moore would go on to Futurama and the Critic. Mm-hmm. And then Disney Ralph. Animation. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, and Zootopia. And Zootopia. Yeah. Which, oh, my God. Uh, it, in, in this time of uh, I'd watch uh, it rampant, then. validized racism, yes. uh, yeah. please go watch Zootopia. Relevant now more than ever. Try Although, everything. Try everything. It makes me cry every time I think of it now. As thanks, a, thanks as, world. As a kid, though, I think the escalator to nowhere was a step too far <laughs> for me. I was like, wait a minute. Why would the people are dying? Why would they do this? But I, I came to terms with it because things would get much wackier. Yeah. And, uh, and 
Wes Archer now is Why can't like, we go back to the simple things of the tire fire? Exactly. That was realistic. I think Wes Archer is the supervising director, main director on mm-hmm. Rick, Rick and Morty. Ooh. Oh, wow. He works yes. on that now. One Although, of the be- it, it is my favorite show on television. Right and he's oh, always drawn with a beret in these episodes. I have no yeah, idea why. I don't know what that's about. A kicky beret. I once saw this as the greatest episode ever. I think I like... I, I, think I would Mr. Plow rank Mr. Plow is, ahead of it. I would. We talked more about this, I want to say. Yes. We did. Mm. But we had to. This yeah. would lay the groundwork for musical moments in The Simpsons. Like, it's okay for us to all break into song without there yeah, being a reason I, I for it. I think the brothel song is much funnier. Yeah. I, I love Who Needs a Quickie Mart. That's yeah, a great song, so too. Yeah. I'd also say, yeah, that Mr. Plow didn't break the show. This broke the show. This this yeah. this crossed lines they'd never cross again. They couldn't uncross. And so yeah. I just don't want to put that burden on it. Like it's so much But it's great. It was worth I'd say it was worth it to break those rules for the jokes they had. For those so 3 funny. years we'll have fun doing this show. For better or worse, I think it was more for better that yeah. they broke the show. I there was like I season 6 is probably my favorite mm-hmm. and 7 like together they're my favorite seasons and they this, they would not have happened well, without this episode. We've all said that we think there's a benefit from the Simpsons being a cartoon not yeah. an analog for American life. Yeah, I mean I'd say Homer becoming an astronaut is the big breaker of the yeah. show. Which so didn't, but, but it didn't feel like one. They worked real hard for it. That's the difference. They put so much effort into Homer joining NASA to make it make sense mm-hmm. to some degree. But this is right. they're just like characters teleport away. And yeah. like there's <laughs> these these things are it's supposed not a to be an episode where you saw two people cut in half. Sorry, three people cut. So three Those were dreams. Kind of you saw, you no, s- not the second one. Oh yeah, that's true. You you have in canon that there's a giant magnifying glass in the downtown Springfield. Yeah, yeah. It's there's a lot of broken rules. Here. No blame. Fun. I love it. Great. It was more of a jovial rule breaking than a, a mean spirited like oh, senioritis rule breaking. Where we saw that a lot much Cape later. Fear is that. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> But that was worth it, I think. Okay, so, so this is our probably our longest episode ever. Maybe. And I've been your host, Bob Mackey. You but can find me. it was the monorail episode. Yeah, of course. It's, it's appropriate. You yeah. can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also write for somethingawful.com and fandom.com, where I write about video games. If you uh, like video games, you'll like my other podcast, Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast every Monday on retronauts.com or usgamer.net or search for Retronauts in your podcast device. Everybody else, where can we find you? H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> is me. And that's where you'll find me. And hopefully by at this point, I'm not only tweeting about my despair over the election, uh, but you can also find my writing about video games at fandom.com as well. And I'm a constant on the Laser Time Podcast Network, which uh, you'll hear me on, say, classic episodes of Talking Simpsons, which are only available on patreon.com slash laser time, along with a ton of other great extras yeah. I helped with, but it's really what pays the bills around here it's for you guys. commentaries. We do a weekly show over there. You'll find me, hopefully, in rehab or some <laughs> other place where I'm getting help. Wait for Duffless. Oh, I, I did want to say, I forgot to mention the the clip, the last clip of Conan talking, that was from the Simpsons Writers series Reunion, Serious Jibber Jabber, really 90 minutes long. It is perfect. Please it is watch him, that. Him, Mike Reese, Al Jean, Jake Hogan, and um, Jeff Martin all mm-hmm. talking about the early years of The Simpsons. Where can, I, the, where can I find you, this amazing program? YouTube.com. Uh, YouTube. YouTube. Okay. But it's the only time they acknowledge that someone acknowledges that Tracy Ullman sued The Simpsons. Yes. Ooh. It's, it, that is they the basis the of that argument. Stuff, and they've never yeah. mentioned it. No one, no one knows. Al Jean is a 
free Dude, dimension. They settle. Like Tracy Ullman makes money off of every Simpsons episode. Mm. Period. Like that's that's very weird to think about. Yeah. Uh, someone who didn't want involvement with it at all. Also, well, Jennifer yeah. Tilly. I mean, she man. She does too. Yes. She does too. The, the Family Guy voice who makes a ton of money off the Simpsons. Um, yeah, yeah, but 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 like that was the only place I heard someone mention it, and then they. Uh, oh, you mean the Widow back. Simon? The Widow Simon. That's true. Hey, she took care of him. Anyway, anyway, that's how. Somebody take us out because I'm too drunk. Tune in next week when we take a trip to Dove Gardens. Hurrah! Wow. Infotainment.